0: Hello to the most wonderful people in the world, God's precious people. To Jesus be the praise today and God. People said amen and today I'm teaching how to study the Bible. I think and I love it. We're driving to Orlando today because I have a meeting there and uh, Chad is with me. He has some questions about how to study the Bible. But you want to say how of course? Hello, hello hope everyone's doing well. It's going be doing great. You want to say something else? You said you hope something. What? So, I hope everyone's doing well. I love it. Yeah. And me too. Okay, so let's pray for us. Father, in Jesus' holy name, show us, Lord, today clearly your word and how to know you through your word. We give you the praise and the glory. Gospel said... Amen. Alright, now, when it comes to studying the Bible, I learned something on my own, but it took me years to find it out, to be honest with you. And that is where, when you read the Word, read it by reading thoughts. I've said it before, but I want to explain that just maybe a little more with you today. So, there are thoughts in the Bible. For example, if you look at Genesis 1 to 11 is one thought. Now, I know a lot of people cannot read maybe that many chapters. But there is another thought, for example, from Genesis 1 to 5. Because that's the story of creation and the story of man. I would rather go to chapter 11 because that's the history of humanity. But if you, you can break it into two thoughts if you wish, that'll be fine. And then when you go from 12 to 24, it's Abraham. From 24 to 28, Isaac. From 28 to about 33, Jacob. From there on, the sons of Jacob. And then you come to chapter 37, and that is Joseph. So you break that book easily like that. Now, you may want to begin by, like I said, break it in two thoughts and that's easy also like example with Abraham if you want to break that part you go from chapter 12 and just read on to where Abraham uh, has Ishmael and then you stop that's one thought it's not a good way to read the Bible because frankly I think people miss a lot when they don't take the full thought in like one full thought in like from Genesis 1 to 11, 12 to 24 and all that because it gives you a real picture of the whole uh, dealing of God with uh, humanity or Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and so on. In Exodus, when you read Exodus, again you have to divide it and that is dependent on your ability to read more chapters but I can give you another idea. To help you. But anyways, so Exodus chapter 1 to about chapter 12 is one thought. That's Moses going into Egypt, coming out of Egypt. From 12 to 24, another thought. Because that is when they are in Sinai, God speaks to them on Mount Sinai and so on. And in chapter 24, uh, there's, a, there's a break because from 25 on is the tabernacle. So, that is maybe uh, a lot of chapters to read, so you can break that in two if you wish. For example, you can go from chapter 1 to about chapter, say, just when, when Moses enters Egypt. You know, that's, that's a little easier for some people. And then after that, when he faces Pharaoh. So, you know, I've gotten to the place as a, as a Christian Well, I can handle more than that, but I know some people maybe cannot. But just keep in mind, thought. Paul the Apostle said something powerful. He said, dividing the word rightly. Not only did he mean that that the Bible ought to be understood by divisions, but also when you read some of the major books like Isaiah, like Jeremiah, a lot of times, like in Jeremiah, it's really a conversation between God and the, and the prophet. It goes back and forth. It's thus says the Lord, and then Jeremiah is talking back to God, or talking about what he heard from the Lord. And that is the tricky part with Jeremiah, where you have to be careful that when you read the book of Jeremiah, that what he is saying about what he heard could be misunderstood as though God is saying it. So like my, my heart is breaking, my soul is breaking. Cause he just heard God speak about the judgment on Israel. And the next thing you read is, my heart is being crushed or my heart is breaking. Well, I don't know that that could be the Lord saying it. So it took me, you know, a while to, to divide the book of Jeremiah. It's probably more difficult than other books. Like in the New Testament, I think it's way simpler. Like when you read Matthew, You can break it, for example, chapter 1 to chapter 5. That's one part. Chapter 5 to chapter 9, another part. So it's very, very easy to break. Now, in my case and my experience, I just like reading the whole book at one sitting. Now, I know a lot of people can, you know, cannot really do that, but I can tell you, if you can get yourself to that place with the Gospels, with the Gospels, to read a whole book, at one sitting, it will bring a change in your life that could be incredibly powerful. Odo Roberts did that and talks about it, where he would sit and read a whole book, like Matthew, it's not really that long to read that book, you can do it in no time. Do you know that there are more words in the New York Times on the weekend at in the weekend edition than the whole New Testament. And people read the entire newspaper, many parts of the U.S., they read the entire newspaper, weekend edition, at one sitting. That's more words than the whole New Testament. Think about that. Many people read the New York Times at one sitting during the weekend. And there's many more words in it than the entire New Testament. You can read from Matthew to, the, to Revelation in one weekend. And, pe- and people do it all the time in this country. God's Word, sweet people. God's Word, life-changing. And the more you read it, the greater the change in your life and my life. So, let's talk about uh, the Bible. 66 books. Uh, Thirty-nine in the old, twenty-seven in the in the new. So, the Bible, the word Bible, comes from a a meaning that means Biblia or parchment. But think about this. Think think about this. Um, here you have forty-four writers. Over many centuries, about 1,600 years, it took to write the Bible. And here you have 44 men who wrote the Bible who never met each other. Most never met each other. And yet when the Bible came together, one book. Only God can do that. And before I show you how to study it, because that's what we're going to talk about, think about... The proof God has given us that this it's his word. And what is the proof? Bible prophecy. Fulfilled prophecy. When you see the hundreds of prophecies fulfilled in detail. Concerning Israel's restoration for example. It's amazing. Or about the coming of the Lord. Hundreds of them. 332 prophecies fulfilled in in details in details about the coming of the lord jesus when he came 2000 years ago in details the chances of that none they don't exist no possible way humanly speaking so the proof is right there fulfilled prophecy and many many prophecies will be fulfilled in the second coming of the lord but you know when you look at the prophecies fulfilled in 48, 1948, when Israel was restored, hundreds in one day fulfilled. Hundreds. So fulfilled prophecy. Now let's let's just talk about how do you study it. Well if if you're a beginner, begin with a small book. Don't tackle the, the big books. A small book like uh, 1 first Thessalonians or First John. Now when you because otherwise you're gonna get very discouraged. If you start with a major book, it's it's gonna really be tough. So begin with with First Thessalonians or First John. Then uh, something that I think is very important: read the book at least ten times at one sitting. You know why? Because it gives you the thought. It gives you the the whole picture of the of the book. So when I read a book like that, and I read that that book at one sitting. Ten times or so, it gives me the full picture. Suddenly, I see it clearly. I'm not reading chapter by chapter. I'm reading the whole because it's it's small enough. We we can easily we can easily read it. So now you you begin to lay a proper foundation, and then you begin uh, number number four. You you begin to, or, or should say number three. You you begin by. Uh, grasp the, the book as as a whole book uh, rather than chapter by chapter. And number four, now you prepare your own in- introduction. Once you grasp that book chapter by chapter, and you see the whole book when you, when you read all of it at one time, ten times. So now you do something else. Now you begin to form an introduction. And the introduction is, number one, who wrote it? Number two, to who was it written? Number three, why did he write it? And number four, what is the truth? What's the central truth of the book? So you, you have to write this down as you, after you've read it as a complete book at one sitting at least 10 times. Now you get the whole picture. And now you, you move into the next step. And the next step, which is the fourth step, is you prepare your own introduction. And you prepare it by writing down who wrote this book. Then you have to answer that. Once you have read it at least ten times, you'll know. Number two, to who was it, to whom was it written? Who did he write it to? That's easy. Number three, why did he write it? Number four, What's the central truth? Let me give you an, an example in First John. So, who wrote it? John. To who? To the church in Turkey, mostly. Uh, number three. Why? Because there was a heresy uh, questioning the deity of the Lord and whether he came in the flesh. What's the central truth? Jesus is the Son of God. So that's simple. That's simple, but you do that with every book. Now, number five. Number five. You begin to divide the book into proper sections after you've read it ten times. Now you've had the introduction answered. Now you move to to the next portion, uh, which is the the fifth uh, in the in the in the in the process. And you say, okay, I want to find out a little more so now you divide the book into proper sections why? because it's so valuable it's so valuable and the reason it is so, so valuable you, you begin to digest it and every part of it becomes nourishment to your soul it's so precious it's so precious number six number six you go back and you read chapter by chapter slowly slowly And now you begin to divide the chapters. In number five, you divided the book. Number six, you divide the chapters. More nutrients. More of the little beautiful details that can transform your life in a process. You know, the book of of Isaiah says that God will speak line upon line, precept upon precept. You enjoy that book with smaller spoons. Uh, the Bible is only, uh, the nourishment of the Bible is received when we eat it like we eat our food. Spoon by spoon, not plate by plate. Plate by, by plate tells me what's on it, what, what I'm gonna eat. But spoon by spoon I'm able to chew it just right. And the spoon the smaller spoon, the one that you can handle, is where you can eat it, you can chew it. Think about uh, someone putting too much in their mouth. That's not going to be as as beneficial health-wise. Uh, and they tell you, even in the natural, to chew your food quite a lot. Get all the nourishment out of it. Okay, number seven. Number seven, now you go back to chapter one. And you get the meaning of each word. That's even more chewing. So look at the words and try to understand them in the the original. That's number seven. Get the meaning in the original. And please, here's something very important. See its usage throughout the Word of God. How was that word used in other parts of the Bible? It gives you a lot of beauty there, a lot of nourishment there, because not, that word may be used in a different usage elsewhere, and you may not really see it in the chapter you're in, you may think of it as some other word, example, example, uh, when, when, when you see the word judgment, often in the Bible, if you go to the, to, to the original, it often means justice, justice, rather than judgment, it's justice but in some cases it is judgment so someone we may miss the the meaning if we think God is about to judge or he's about to bring justice or sometimes it could mean righteous ways so it's not always judgment because in English it's always judgment God will bring judgment and sometimes it's very confusing to a young Christian so God is going to judge why? So he has to go back to the original and say, ah, he's going to bring justice, or he's going to bring his righteousness. Very beautiful, very beautiful. So, and then sometimes in, in, in Hebrew, uh, which is, to me, is very beautiful, is a lot of words are feminine if you look at the original. For example, the earth. It's a feminine name. The Lord created the heavens and the earth. The earth is feminine in Hebrew. Or Isaiah 53, where it says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm, the arm of the Lord revealed? That word arm is the arm of a nurse, a mother. It's a feminine arm. So it gives me a brand new look at the Bible when I look at the original. Uh, Spirit, feminine Not a masculine name in the Hebrew Bible Isn't that powerful? So Ruach is feminine in Hebrew Not masculine in Hebrew There's so so much in the Bible That is amazing So when you read Aretz Haaretz, feminine Ruach, feminine And so much more in the Bible That is so beautiful that when you go, that's why it's important to go word by word. Yeah, I know it's very detailed, but listen, don't do it all in one sitting. All you're going to do in one sitting is read ten chapters and get the whole picture. Then the next day, go, go and do the rest. But as you're studying that beautiful book, 1 John, First Thessalonians, or others that are you can handle, you have to go back to the chapter, chapter 1, Get the meaning of every word and then see its usage in different places. So you can see its usage in that place. Number number eight. Number eight is begin to analyze the verse. See its full meaning. So analyzing Genesis 1 1. Bereshit bara Elohim et Hashamaim ve et in Hebrew. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, when I go to the Hebrew, and I see Bereshit, which is translated in the beginning, bara, created, Elohim. I pay attention to that word, Elohim, and I see plurality, God's. uh, Created bara is the word bara. The heavens, but the heavens there in the King James it says heaven. In the original it says Shamaim Heavens, more than one heaven. So you, it's 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 very good to get the full meaning now that you know the meaning of the words. You get the full meaning of the word. And then you you come to verse two Hayeta Tohu And the earth was without form. And what, but then if you look at that verse, that word "haita" also means became. So it could change the whole meaning of the verse. Well, something that be- becomes means something caused it to become. So that word was, uh, is a difficult one because it, it it ties in that the earth is only 6,000 years old. But we know today from science and more that the earth cannot be 6,000 years old. Man is 6,000 years old. The earth is billions of years old. So that word cannot be, was, became. Something caused it to become. And what caused it to become? The fall of Lucifer in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. And you, you see the results because God creates nothing vain. We read in Isaiah 45. So, God could not create it empty. So, and the earth was void in form and empty. It cannot be because in Isaiah 45, it says, God creates nothing vain. His works are perfect in Psalm 18. Well, then it it could not be was. It had to be Haita became. Okay? So, then you read verse 2 of Genesis 1, and it says, V'ha'aritz Haita. It was without form and void. Yeah. So when 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 you see that the earth now is is uh, a chaos, then something made it a chaos, and that is what happened in the fall of Lucifer. All right. So that's it. it helps me to analyze that verse and see the the full meaning. Uh, let's go to number nine. Number nine. Now I go and and do it verse by verse till I'm done with the chapter. So I begin to analyze verse by verse its full meaning and now I'm into number 10. And number 10 is the most beautiful one of all. Look for Jesus in every part of the chapter. Where is Jesus in the verse? Where is Jesus in the chapter? And when I see him that completes the whole Bible it becomes whole to me it becomes whole to me let me give you an, an example of, of looking for Jesus it says that God put men to sleep now I can give you some other other things that could really amaze you but uh, or maybe I will in just a little bit but God puts Adam to sleep that's Jesus on the cross It took me years to find that. Or the story of Joseph, it's Jesus. Or the feasts, it's Jesus. Or the tabernacle, it's Jesus. But let's also look at Jesus in a more uh, deep way. In a a more deep way. And we we only can find it in the Hebrew, not in English. In that first few words in Genesis, God introduces his son. In the, in the in the in the in the beginning of the whole Bible, it says, "Bereshit bara Elohim." Bereshit bara. The first word in the Hebrew Bible is "bet." The next "resh." Put them together, "bar." What does "bar" mean? Son. Isn't that amazing? S O N, son. son. So, Bar means son. The first, I'm about to go into tongues here, and praise the Lord, it's amazing. So, when I read the book of Genesis, I see Jesus in the first two letters of the Bible. You say, "Well, that's too deep for me." You're, you're Benny Hinn. Well, I'm I'm, I'm nobody special to know that. I just began learning the Hebrew language, and it changed my life. I, I signed up to. Uh, be a student at Hebrew University uh, four years ago almost now I'm about to graduate in about six six weeks and I've learned enough about Hebrew to find out certain words, Bar means son remember Bar Yonah, son of Yonah Barthimaeus son of Emmaus it's all in the Bible Barthimaeus was the blind man in the Gospels. Barthimaeus. Bar, son of Timaeus. Simon, Bar Yona. Bar, the son of Yona. So Peter, his father was called Yona. And Jesus said, You're Simon, Bar, son of Yona. So those words, the two letters in the Hebrew Bible, together are son bar <laughs> so that's what i mean by look for jesus in every shadow in every type and then when you get to the hebrew you see him all over the place the word salvation everywhere you see it in the bible is yeshua my salvation yeshua yeshua t my salvation so the Lord is my salvation. He's my Yeshua. You see him all over the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Because that's what that word means. Salvation means Yeshua, Jesus. Okay. I pray that this has helped people. Beautiful. This has helped you. Love it. You have any questions there, Chaddy? love it. Well, you, do you have any, any questions before I pray, though? you were you were saying something earlier maybe you forgot oh, I was asking earlier about uh, yeah wait let me let's just a, uh, maybe just some key words especially I think in the Old Testament in in prophecy hmm. that will help us uh, identify the times well that day always if you read the word that day second coming. second coming and sometimes it applies to the to the millennium Wow yeah so there's many different words that we see in the New Testament. So, Lord, I thank you, I thank you for what you've shown us. I pray you'll bless your people, Lord, and give them great knowledge of your word as they begin to study your precious word. To you be the praise. To you be the glory. To you be the honor. I give you praise. Can I also tell you one more thing about the Bible? When you read it, be in prayer as you read it. Talk to the Lord. Ask Him to guide you. It's very, very valuable. When you keep communion with the the Lord alive, oh, it's so precious and priceless. All right. Much love to you. I pray this has been a blessing. Tomorrow, another beautiful program. In fact, we're going to show you something special tomorrow. We're going to Uh, share something special with you Okay, now you can give right now it's time to give to the Lord's work you know the Bible says if you receive spiritual nourishment it is our duty to give back seed Uh, that's what Paul talked about sowing seed is in response to receiving truth and the word of God and God will bless you for that richly, God will honor you for that richly because you honor him you're honoring him with your substance and when you do God honors you back with the harvest so Lord bless them as they give today that your work will go on with strength in Jesus holy name Lord bless them greatly for your glory meet every need financially and Lord give them that financial miracle right on time in Jesus name and God's people said, Amen, amen. All right, you can sew on the platform you are watching. It looks like we've arrived where we need to be. Anyways, go ahead and sew. You'll see today. Give on the platform you are watching me on. Or go to our website, benihin.org. Or simply text BHM4577. And by the way, you can start watching me daily now also on our website. You can go right to our website, benihin.org, and, and watch the dailies live. You can, you can see me live daily on our website. And I'm also very pleased to tell you our numbers on YouTube are really growing. Help me grow them even more. Help me grow our channel. Our YouTube channel is growing really beautifully. So help me, sweet people, grow it more by watching us on YouTube and by telling your friends about our YouTube channel. Much love to you. See you again tomorrow. You are wonderful loved deeply.